welcome, welcome to Freaked Out with your co-hosts, Liz and Landon. What's up, everybody? Last week, guys, was a very big week for us with our one-year anniversary and Landon's birthday. So this week, we had a huge decrease in patrons. Not only have we lost quite a few of them, but it looks as though we're not going to be able to obtain the Eileen episode. This weekend, I'm going to try to get some more patrons on TikTok. So guys, if you have yet to join up for the patrons, I highly recommend doing so. We are going to be putting a lot more episodes that are just regular uh, missing person cases or unsolved cases on the exclusive side. So be sure to tune in on that end, okay? Absolutely, guys. We need to grow this patron side of things so that we can continue to pay for all the little things that we have to, like our editor, running our podcast in general. We do, again, pay for the website that we upload these episodes on. We have to pay a yearly subscription. So we would like to continue to keep doing that and bring you guys the episodes week after week. But in order for us to do that, we definitely need more patrons. So let's Get there, guys. (laughs) Another announcement is that we will be doing Black History Month, actually, starting next week. And we will be starting with Asha Degree. She will be our first episode. Uh, This has been a case outstanding for quite a few years. So it should be interesting to see what we are able to find out here. I am very excited for Black History Month. Uh, One case at a time, though, we're going to get it going, guys. We are going to start off this one with the Morgan Nick episode right now. It's been quite some time since I haven't had to watch a documentary or was able to find anything documentary-wise. So from what I read up on, she, at the time, was a very shy kid. She's not one to communicate with people she doesn't know, and she had a normal life. She had recently gotten herself a kitten, and her and this kitten were very, very bonded. She was not one who enjoyed nature. She did not like to sweat at all, and she wanted to join the circus as a clown or maybe be a doctor when she grew up. Now, those are pretty awesome goals. I know me being a kid, I never wanted to be a clown, so it's interesting that she had that kind of goal. She also was in Girl Scouts. She was in there because she enjoyed the sitting down and making crafts and doing that type of thing. And ironically enough, when she went missing, she was wearing her Girl Scout shirt. Six months before Morgan's disappearance, it looked as though her parents went through a divorce. Now, from what I can see and also what I read up on, they didn't really have any issues in their relationship and they got along well and they wanted to make sure that the kids had, you know, good co-parenting going on. I definitely like to be able to rule out parents in these types of cases. It looks as though Morgan and her mother were going to do this to get a girl's day away from the family while the grandmother watched the other two children. They had never been to this side of Arkansas before. They've never been to this little league before. This was just an invite. So mom and daughter decided to go to Elma, Arkansas. I believe they call it the spinach capital in the world with the statues of Popeye. I heard that too, actually. Now, this game was a very late game for Little League, but it's fairly common with baseball. And from what I know, even growing up as a kid, there were always late games. And they decided to go anyways. Absolutely. We had evening games. I played uh, baseball and t-ball when I was younger. So June 9th of 1995, it looks like it was a normal day for Morgan and her mother, Colleen, around 10.30 p.m. Morgan was only six at the time. 
Morgan was hanging out with her mother and her two kids came up to her and said that they wanted to play and catch some fireflies. So she left with the other two kids. The kids were eight-year-old Jessica and 10-year-old Ty. Now, her mother, of course, was very hesitant as she didn't know the area and she was also worried about it and she finally allowed her daughter to go with the kids. Even though she felt pretty uncomfortable with it, but the families around her told her, you know, it's okay. So she continuously kept checking on her daughter in that time frame, which honestly was only a span of 15 minutes. Can you believe that? That's crazy, but it only takes one minute. The Little League game ended only a few minutes later and Colleen's attention was directed towards the hill that her daughter had gone to. The kids ended up coming back. They explained to Colleen that they had all gotten into Colleen's Nissan and they were emptying out their shoes because there was so much sand in them. Ty and Jessica were on the back side of the car and Morgan was on the front side of the car. Colleen got to the car and she could not see her daughter. From what she had described, She indicated that she had seen all these people leaving and she just wanted everyone to just stop what they were doing so she could find her daughter. She started to question the kids. Morgan's friend reported they saw a creepy man talking to Morgan as she was putting her shoes back on and he was leaning up against a red pickup truck. The truck had a camper shell that was actually too small for the back of the truck and the kids do not remember what this man had said to them But I feel like he was trying to encourage a conversation. He was trying to be relatable, talking to them about running around and having a good time, and he wanted to join in on the fun. Of course, they spent time trying to find this little girl, but there was really no leads until January 15th of 2002. Police had conducted a dig on a private piece of land in Arkansas after receiving a tip that claimed Morgan Nick might have been buried there. The tip was so specific that the police decided to dig. The police dog was also used to search at 9.30 p.m. They did not intend to return to the property. It looks as though they found absolutely nothing, though. There's not a lot of details to go along with this case, so let's get started. My first question for you is, do you feel as though Morgan is alive? This conclusion actually took me a while to figure out because I did not feel her energy in a way of passing in any capacity. I didn't feel like I could find her anywhere. So it was very hard to narrow her energy down since she wasn't really revealing herself, which is another reason I actually waited until now to do this case. Quite recently, I had a dream surrounding this particular case because I did look at it a few months back and just felt nothing at the moment. In my dream, it showed me that she was still alive, so I officially accepted the answer. Just an FYI, guys, for those of you interested in these sorts of details, sometimes Liz does leave a case and come back to it if she is uncertain of the outcome or if she is not receiving enough details or visions. And because of this, In this case, she is alive, and it makes a little bit more difficult to try to find her as we are constantly moving. Because we move, we go to school, we go to work, we go places, and in this particular case, she could be being moved around quite a bit. Good point. So I will try my best using my psychic ability to see if I can pinpoint anything in relation to her. So first and foremost, I've always been a big fan of Law & Order SVU. There was an episode that always stuck in the back of my mind, and I feel as though this case had a very similar background to this particular episode. Do you feel as though she is close to home? I keep putting myself in her shoes. 
sitting there trying to catch fireflies with her friends, having a great time being a kid. And I feel as though this man had made a suggestion that he could help catch fireflies. I keep seeing that he was somebody that was at the game because honestly, he wanted to kidnap a kid, a little girl specifically. I feel like he had seen a big crowd, so he headed over there fairly early into the evening. I really feel as though he was a predator, and I keep seeing that he had a baseball hat on his head. He might have taken it off when the kids had seen him, very short hair. He was tall and skinny from what I gather, and I'm going to say he was most likely in his late 20s, early 30s. I keep seeing a woman. Uh, Now, the woman may have been his wife. I think she may have left him. I do not feel like they had children. I do, however, feel as though he may have had interaction with children. So perhaps a couple of her nieces and nephews. There may have been some inappropriate situations that took place with those kids. And I feel as though that is honestly the main reason that the marriage ended. I keep seeing that after he and his wife split, he decided to go back into his crime ways, including kidnapping children. He also enjoyed the company of younger children. What a sicko. Definitely a sicko. So he had a marriage that broke apart because of his pedophile tendencies surrounding her nephews and nieces. It's good that she was able to protect the kids and get away from him. Did she get any sort of protection order that you can feel on this guy? Nope. I feel like she kept all that information in. I feel like she didn't want the problems. And, you know, that's pretty common for people to do. I feel like they kept it within the family. So with that being said, I feel like these kids were very traumatized as to what took place. So they didn't want to cause any more problems for them. They didn't think that this man would go out there in the world and do it again, or at least, you know to anyone they knew personally. This time, I feel like it escalated, obviously. Now, remember, guys, always report a predator. You have no idea what you could be doing to save other people, especially kids. Even if it's an uncomfortable situation, even if you have to put another child in a bit of an uncomfortable situation, you have no idea how much you might be helping other families, even if you don't realize it now. If this woman ever came forward... She could have potentially had his DNA in the database, and this case would have been solved. Absolutely. Do you know where he took Morgan? I keep seeing that he had two homes. Now, keep in mind, these homes are not what I would call a home. I would say one looks more like a shed, and I would say this shed is way out in the countryside. I feel like there were a lot of guns in this shed, and it looks like there was only one room, one bathroom, maybe a sink, Maybe a stove, not much. Maybe a, I don't know, homemade cottage. Now the second piece of property, I feel like that's more of a trailer. I don't necessarily feel like it's at a trailer park. Maybe a place where somebody just let a few people just kind of put their, you know, trailers onto the property. I feel as though he had a lot of space in between his home and others And I keep seeing like an overhead. The overhead had like a tarp that hangs down. So when he gets home, he would drive into this spot. And I feel like the overhang and tarp would kind of just cover everything. So you couldn't really see him going in and out of the home. 
I don't feel like it was close though. I would say maybe a 20 to 25 mile radius. All right, let's go back to the day that she vanished. Where did he take her? He took her back to his home, the one with the tarp. Now, this one was the most exposed. I feel as though he was extremely nice to her. And I don't see that she put up a fight because he made it seem like he was doing something special for her. Perhaps maybe around animals, I'd say. Something to manipulate her. I do see that she wanted to ask her mother's permission to go first as well, but he said that he had no time and this animal was in danger, so she listened. I also feel like he may have even had another person in his life that also had some sort of connection to crime, but I don't necessarily know if he had any interaction with Morgan at all. I do feel like he may live with this man or close by to this man, The guy seems to be a bit of a drunk, and I believe he is dead now. Guys, keep talking to your kids, everybody. Make sure to tell your children, regardless of what the hell somebody has to offer them, even if it's a million dollars, make sure that they do not go. I feel like he was especially convincing. She's a smart kid, and from what I feel, she was also obviously very young. So it's one of those things. I keep seeing that she was very hesitant on going forward with him, And when she got to his house, she continuously kept asking about her mother or anybody. I keep seeing that he gave her cookies and McDonald's and he even had new pajamas for her. This was obviously planned out. She was not his target because, you know, he had never seen her there before or ever in his life. But he had been targeting taking a little girl in general. Honestly, I feel like she was exactly who he was looking for. I feel like he wanted a little girl with blonde hair, innocent. She was exactly his type and also the description of the pedophile ring he works for. Does give you a sick gut feeling. So she moved from his trailer home to this cottage home then? Uh, Yeah. A few days after the initial abduction, I see he was freaking out because the police were nearing the home. And of course, she was at a point where she needed her mother and freaking out and she wanted her so he was worried that the neighbors might hear something or have some sort of concern so he packed up everything and tried to change everything so that really nobody would find him there's also another important piece to this he removed the camper on top of his truck and immediately got rid of it i also feel like he might have done a very sketchy painting job on the vehicle with like regular house paint black to try to hide the red although you can see through it clearly i feel like he ended up taking that vehicle to a scrapyard and sold it i even feel like he came back to the scrapyard maybe made a deal with somebody to find him another vehicle but i don't feel like he was able to obtain another truck that's a good point i had seen in the reports as well that the red truck had been damaged and there were some issues with the wheelbase and also a guy had a hillbilly accent as the kids described yeah and the paint seemed to be scratching off i do feel like he lived fairly close to this scrapyard that was involved i feel like he might have even worked there for some sort of time maybe not at that current point maybe that's why he had such an involvement with this particular scrapyard I keep seeing that the scrapyard has a really bright yellow sign with the words that 
are also yellow, but I'm unsure what it says. I keep seeing that they were definitely in Arkansas, but on the poverty side of it, this man always, by the way, acted out all the time. I feel like people had seen him acting out because he caused a lot of problems with a lot of people as well, getting into fights with neighbors, also starting fights. I feel like he would lose his mind when anyone would come near his property. I feel like he was a very sketchy man and would lose his mind anytime anyone would approach him either, even if it was just... I don't know, in passing or saying hello, a very difficult person to communicate with and got very angry unless you were children. How was he able to afford this other property? From what I gather, the other location could have been something that passed on from the family. I don't necessarily feel like this cottage is something, you know, people use often. I feel like it's run down. I feel like it's gross. I feel like it's a very unsafe property. I don't even think it's there now, to be honest, but it doesn't really matter now because I feel like she's not there anymore anyway. Do you feel that the description of this guy that the children were able to give is accurate? I keep seeing that it's fairly accurate. I'd say the kid's attention to detail is pretty spot on considering they only had seen him a few moments, but definitely tall. I wouldn't say he was six foot. I'd say maybe five foot eight. And because they're kids, they probably saw him a little taller. So the man had a hairy chest. Were the kids accurate about that? I would say yes. They were definitely accurate there because he was unusually hairy for somebody, I don't know, his age, his stature. I would say he was not quite 30. And I would say he was more on the skinny side. I wouldn't say he weighed more than 165 pounds at the time. So as it seems, the police were able to get out to the scene very quickly within six minutes to get as much information as possible on this disappearance. And of course, any concerned mother would be happy that the police were there for her very quickly. She headed to the police station and contacted her ex-husband. and She actually stayed within that vicinity for six weeks, refusing to leave. The investigation was completed and they interviewed 300 people that were there and even the FBI got involved. Everyone in town was wearing pink ribbons and they had a composite of what they believed the man looked like. He had a beard with thick hair. And does this photo that they showed resemble this man? The resemblance is fairly accurate. I would say he had a lot of issues with his teeth. I feel like they were crooked. I feel like they were a little gross looking. I also feel like he had a couple of scars on his face. Maybe even something pretty distinctive along his neck. The kids got the nose correct, though, and the nose is very distinctive. He definitely had very bushy eyebrows, and he might have even had a bit of a lazy eye. Now, originally, the police thought that she had just wandered off, but unfortunately, there had been other attempted abductions in this area. Earlier that day, a woman had indicated that there was a man in a red truck that tried to take her four-year-old daughter. Is there any connection there to that? Absolutely. And I really hate to say this, but I feel as though he has actually already kidnapped a couple of kids previously, but more recently, one before Morgan. I also feel like this child died in his care. <laughs> I feel like this child was another little girl, and I keep seeing that he kidnapped her somewhere a little different than Alma, Arkansas, but I feel like Arkansas is definitely an attachment there. 
I feel like she was really sick and I keep seeing she needed medical attention and he never provided it to her, of course, and never got her the assistance she needed and she died. I'm going to say that the illness may have been something in relation to diabetes. I feel like he wanted to take her back and I do feel like he did feel panicked about it. Unfortunately, she died before he was able to do so and um, he did escalate from what I can see. He also did try to kidnap a few other kids. The ages that he prefers are between the ages of three and eight years old. These men and women that do this make me sick. There is another abduction attempt only five days later of a man trying to lure an eight-year-old girl into a bathroom. Same description, including the red truck. Was he trying to abduct another girl at the time? (laughs) Yeah. All I keep hearing is sister, sister, sister. So I'm assuming it means that he didn't want Morgan to be alone or Morgan needed somebody there. I don't know. She was lonely. She wanted her family and I think he was trying to abduct another little girl so she had some company. How about you just give her back? (sighs) Right? Exactly. This sick and twisted mind of pedophiles. But you know what, guys? There's more to it than that. I feel as though this person... Now, a lot of people really believe that there is sex trafficking attached and I honestly would agree I feel like this little girl was taken for sex trafficking purposes I do also feel as though he was somebody who would take the children and really keep a low profile on them for a while and would do whatever he could to groom them I feel like he grew fond of Morgan because she was a very positive person she was a very positive kid Even when she was scared, she always wanted, you know, mom nearby. She would try her hardest to be nice to the guy. She would offer him things, make him feel better. She was doing her best to make a bad situation a little bit less shitty. I feel like she was very personable and very smart. And in my opinion, she sort of befriended him at the same time. But then again, she didn't really know what the hell was going on. Now, he was definitely starting to get attached to her, and he was obtaining another little girl. Honestly, I was originally thinking it was for her, but maybe it was to kind of, like, use her as the child to give over to the other people so he can keep Morgan for himself. I mean, makes sense. If he got an attachment, he's not going to want to give her up that easily. No. So this man obviously hurt her then in a sexual manner, which we will not get into those details, but did he end up selling her? Huh, definitely. Wait a minute. Oh my goodness. I'm seeing this more clear now. Now, the secondary little girl, he was trying to kidnap her for sure, sex trafficking, as I explained in the past episode, including Selma Wells, They give the kidnappers like a brief description of what they're hoping to obtain. Now, this man had been given these specifications and instructions on how to obtain this little girl with the description, but he wasn't interested in handing her off. And he was trying to abduct another little girl in her place. And he didn't have a way to get away with it, at least at this period of time. So unfortunately, he didn't have anything else to hand over. Pretty disgusting, but definitely makes sense. So was he able to kidnap another child in her place? Yes and no. I feel like he wasn't able to connect with kidnapping a child at this time, but I do feel like he kidnapped many children in the past after he got Morgan. 
He would sell them very quickly, though. I would say it took him about three months before he let Morgan go. I keep seeing he continued to delay giving her over. He kept saying things like the police were on his tail and he wasn't able to shake them off. I keep seeing that he contemplated over and over again about actually giving her back. And this little girl that he originally had taken who was ill, when I figure out who that little girl is, I'll make an episode about her. But I keep feeling her energy. I don't know much about her at this point, but we'll figure it out. She's the one who's actually been helping me put the pieces together. She has long brown hair, and I believe she went missing in 1994. I also believe it was fairly close to somewhere in Arkansas, but again, not in the area that Morgan went missing. I would say that this approximately happened four to six months before Morgan disappeared. Well, all of our wonderful people out there, you know what to do to dig up this dirt. This is for you guys. Please, any information, submit it to the Freaked Out Podcast Facebook group. And we will be definitely trying to see if we can find out who this little girl is. And Liz can try to get her case out there. But either way, guys, he kept holding onto her. And then eventually he had to give her away. Do we know where she went when he did? I genuinely have absolutely no idea. And I really don't believe it's in the U.S., I feel as though it's another country because with things I've looked into with sex trafficking, especially with children, they switch off. So if the child is from the U.S., they'll send them to somewhere else. If the kid is from, let's say, uh, you know, another country like Cuba, they'll send them off to the U.S. I feel like she was made into a baby-making factory, and I do feel like she has children, biologically anyway. I see that she is alive for a reason. She knows her family. She remembers her friends. She remembers everything. And I feel like she's tried to escape on multiple occasions, but she knows how to play the game well. I do feel like this could potentially have a happy ending in the sense of her being able to come home to her family, but I feel like her current objective is to protect or find her own children. That's sad. Does she know where she is at all? She's in the sex trafficking ring really deep in there. I don't really know what her job is. I don't know what she's currently doing. I can't see any of those details. I do feel like she had her children very early in her life. I can see that she has that motherly instinct kicking in. So here are some leads. There was a man by the name of Albert who said that somebody tried to break into his truck and when he went to see what was going on, he noticed a man with the same description and also had a little girl that was blonde and it feels like he believes this was the same man with the same little girl that ended up being a fake story. Well, partially fake. He never had seen the little girl. Do you have any feelings on Albert? And do you feel like he had some sort of connection to this story? It's a good question, honestly. Sometimes the people that are the closest to the case try to insert themselves in the case. So I definitely feel like there is some sort of connection between Albert and this case, but I do not necessarily feel like he was the kidnapper. But he might know who the kidnapper is to try to take their scent off of him. I know that the location was about 200 miles away from where she was kidnapped. Did Albert try to leave them astray so that this guy can get away? Uh, that would make a lot of sense because 
then that would throw their attention in a different direction and everyone's focusing on that side of things. Perhaps that was maybe a way for him to have a little bit of a getaway and safely run away without being questioned. Well, I do know that Albert was charged. And the reason he said he made up this lie was because I guess I got carried away and I'm sorry, y'all, that I wasted your time. Mosquitoes and stuff all out here. Something to that degree. It was just very ridiculous. It sounds like a very hillbilly thing to say. My thoughts exactly. So in in around the two-week mark, this is all when this transpired. He also tried to kidnap another child because he wanted to keep Morgan for himself. And obviously, the pressure was getting on him because I'm sure these people were demanding him to give the child over sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Now, this is a catch-22 for this guy. I keep seeing that he tried his hardest to get another child, but unfortunately, because he was so on edge and worried, because I feel like these people even threatened to kill him, he didn't just hand her over. He basically continued to make it sound like he just didn't have the means to get her to where he needed to get her, which I believe would be heading in the direction of water. Maybe Florida, maybe California. I'm not entirely sure. It's on the outer edge of the USA because they wanted to be able to transport this kid on a boat. And from what I gather, they had some sort of deadline when they could travel. And they had been very precise because they wanted these kids shipped together with supplies on regular boats that are supposed to have other supplies. I don't know how all the details work or how they get away with it, but it is some sort of method. And it is a way for them to escape law enforcement and getting caught. I keep seeing that he missed the deadline and I keep seeing that they started to look for him. I see that multiple burner phones were used. I feel like he disposed of a lot of these phones. He was supposed to keep in contact with these people. I feel like they were supposed to keep switching off the phone and I don't know, it's just something weird. Very fuzzy information, but I feel like something along those lines kind of transpired before they were able to obtain this kid from him. So the sex traffickers, obviously he gave this child to them. I feel as though he was trying to hide out, but then they ended up finding him. Absolutely agree with that. I feel that way as well. Sadly, this is really gross, but I feel like this guy grew to love her in a very inappropriate way. I feel like he thought that they were meant to be together, which makes me sick to my stomach just thinking about what this poor kid had to endure. So there was some investigations completed in and around a couple of properties in Arkansas. There was a couple of investigations of a property surrounding a few people. We know Morgan Nick was one of them. Do you know if the other one is attached to the little girl that you were talking about earlier? I really believe so. I also feel like he has taken a few other kids as well. I do feel as though the criminal informant, so the person who was in jail, who had given them this tip about this particular individual, I feel like this is a very big possibility that he is, in fact, the person that took Morgan. But I think he fabricated things about her. I feel like he was honestly a big liar. And I feel as though they were searching the property because the informant had informed this person that he had killed her and a few other people in his property. Now, this property was purchased later on. And although I do feel like Morgan is alive, there's this other little girl, the one that's not alive, I'm going to say that he did not dispose of her body on this property. I don't necessarily feel like they're going to find her body, though. I also feel like this guy is a huge piece of this pie, though. And I feel like the police are getting closer and closer to the truth. I don't necessarily feel like they're going to find this little girl's body, but maybe they'll find out where he at least took her. 
I feel like he tried to obtain assistance from the people that, you know, he took the kid for to kind of help him out. And they're basically telling him to deal with it on his own. And honestly, I think he's going to end up getting killed. They probably will end up killing him one way or another. Seems to be a bit of a loose end. Exactly. I'm going to say that eventually something will come out about this. And there are a few people that already know people that are related to him. I feel like there might even be a woman at the time. I would say she was in her late 50s, much older now, who may have seen some interaction with Morgan. I feel like she had some sort of conclusion that this man was trouble, but she didn't really relay anything. A couple of men, I'd say maybe three or four of them, that made some really bad choices in their life. I also feel like they are afraid to come forward as well, but they know him personally and have had their own criminal activities. So I think that's another reason why they've kind of left things out. The person of interest is definitely incarcerated at the moment, but will keep things quiet for now. In a more recent documentary that only aired on the news station in Arkansas, there was an actual photo of the baseball game that day with the truck. Was that the truck that took Morgan? Yes, that truck is definitely the one that took her. I look at the photo and I firmly believe she had hopped into the back. It may have even been some sort of fascination with the animal. And I keep feeling like it's a cat as well. Very much so. I think that was like his ploy. She might have been telling the other kids about the kitty she had at home. And I think that was his, you know, little niche of getting her. Absolutely. Because she seemed to really love her new kitten. Probably definitely the one thing that could have genuinely lured her into that truck. I feel like that is the key. Dude happened to have an animal or a story about an animal, something like that. Some people think that the father had something to do with this. How do you feel? Absolutely not. I feel like both parents have nothing to do with this situation whatsoever. I know people automatically assume it because a lot of cases, family members definitely have a connection, but not this particular case. He was a hardworking individual. Yeah, he had some shady things in the past, but I do feel like he did love his children very much. Was the father ever a drug dealer? He might have done some things, but I really don't feel like he got involved into it too heavily. I think he was honestly just trying to make some money. I think he's just really went down a bad path after she died, and I don't feel like it's something he's currently doing. Maybe a midlife crisis. His daughter was kidnapped, so I think he's kind of unwell. Did he happen to invite this person into their home with some sort of drug connection? No. I think that's just a coincidence. I do not feel as though she personally knew him. I don't get that vibe. This guy is surely a bad apple, but I do not feel as though Morgan's father had any sort of open door policy in his home when it came to anybody stepping in and out. We are definitely just trying to check out all the leads to see if you feel anything on them. Absolutely. Well, this is everything we currently have on the situation. If there's ever any update, I will keep you guys posted. Thank you very much, Liz. Hopefully we will be able to obtain the Eileen episode and the Lisa Irwin episode. We still have a little bit of time left for those episodes. If we could get the 226 new members on the Facebook group, we can get that Lisa Irwin episode and we need at least 60 new patrons in order to obtain that Eileen episode, guys. That's as of right now. All right, next week, guys, our very first week of Black History Month, we are going to be focusing on four cases. The first one is going to be Asha Degree, 
the following week we are going to be doing Alexis Patterson. Then we are going to be doing Ariel Jeffrey. And then last but finally not least, we are going to be doing one of the cases I'm looking forward to the most, which is Brianna Taylor. We're both very excited to cover all these episodes. So stick around, guys. And until next time, stay freaked out. Ah!